Hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Something Different. So today we are going to deal with something out of the ordinary topics that we've been having. And today I have a guest with me and he's going to explain more on this topic. And our topic for the day is understanding the boy child. Like we have dudes surrounding us all over. So do we understand them? Do we know who they are? Do we know what they go through? Do we understand them as they are? And today I'm joined by a friend. His name is Joshua Karanja. And he's going to talk to us about uh, understanding the boy child. We have a number of questions set up for him. And I hope that as he answers, we we are able to understand them as we go by. So let's leave (laughs) that. Hi, Karanja. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank you. So today you're talking about understanding the boy child. And as we understand them, what the first question is, uh, at what point does the boy know that he's a man? <laughs> That's a very good question, Vaya. Um, the point when the boy realizes he's a man um, first depends to his exposure and what the society has defined to be a man. There are boys that might feel I'm a man because I've smoked my first cigarette, I've tried to talk to a girl, but it is more of even in the instincts, because a man, one of the main responsibilities is protection. And to find a young boy, even as early as five years, he has the role or he feels he's obligated to protect his younger sister. But if it's a single, parent setup will find he's responsible and feels obliged to protect the mother. So it depends with the situations that surrounding him and also it depends with who he's engaging with and has it been defined what a real man is. From the setup that we have, most young men are introduced into manhood, especially after undergoing the rite of passage. Yeah which is in our culture, that's when now you're told you are a man. And from them, they start and they are, they are always told and taught how to engage and to talk as a man. So mostly we find even some guys will realize they've become a young man after they've undergone the rite of passage and they are told this is when you become a man and this is how a man behaves. From a biblical perspective, being a man is a matter of choice. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, it is a matter of choice. <laughs> the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I behaved like a child, but when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So there are those that get to that point where they have to live um, being a child and decided to become a man. And by then, it doesn't go with age. It goes with maturity. So maturity is the main point here of being. Yes. Maturity and the step that you get to know that now I'm a man and I'm ready to face issues. Hmm. Okay. And how do teenagers reshape their relationship with their parents? Because as they grow, they are becoming different and 
what are some of these advices that you can get uh, to understand when about teenagers and their relationship with their parents? Uh, when you talk about teenagers and how it has reshaped them being a man, a boy is introduced to manhood by what he sees his father's his father's actions are, the way the father relates to his mom, the way the father relates to other people, that's when that's where he gets the first definition of who a man is. If a boy comes from a violent family, he will know a man needs to fight to prove to be a he man. He has to be violent at he all times. He has to be violent and you have to prove to be a man to other people. But if he comes from a family that a man is a gentleman and treats people right, that's how you grow up. Yeah. So how, how a father relates with his teenage, teenage boy has a very big impact on how he becomes the kind of man that he'll become. It's a very sensitive age. One of the great men says, it's in the tongues that we lose them. And teenage is a part and a great part of the turn that a child takes. And if he loses them during this time, they will lose them for them. It's a very sensitive Yeah, true. And uh, at this point, as a man, are there things that men silently hide or they fear that they may not be man enough in front of their friends? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, manhood is is your lifestyle in action and depending with what you have and what you have been exposed to um, when we get to especially after college and guys started to start getting work guys start getting employed you'll find people getting to different lanes you'll find people getting to have to define their own dress code, they will have to buy their first car, they will move to get into Porsche houses and estates. And because you haven't gotten to that level yet, you will sometimes feel less of a man. That's why you'll find some people competing, you'll find some people uh, feeling inadequate and they wouldn't show up. And that's when you'll find people that agree together, they start forming classes. So you'll find I can't fit in that class. You'll find a young man say, um, I don't belong there, simply because they are the haves and then they feel like they the haves. Yes, so it does, and they would hide. They would hide. Sometimes also what you go through as a man, the struggles that you go through within, not every man will come out of the struggles. Some when they go back into thinking and taking an action, they never come back. Yeah, true. That's how they are throughout their life because their self-esteem is broken. And as we go on with understanding the man, there is a point when uh, men, or let's say boys at this time, they have sexual relations with their households. And when they come of age, they start to brag of it and things like that. And maybe they were sexually harassed, but they didn't know. So what the, what do you think about sexual harassment from a man's point of view? 
I totally agree and that's a very sensitive area. I've seen most guys um, going by the setup that we have and that we are raising, we're raising our children, you'll find most, most people will live like, let's say, in a two-roomed house where you leave the children, especially the boy child, in the same room with the household, who are not sensitive to the child. So you'll find when she has gone to shower, she's coming back to change, she will change in the full glare of the child. Or even when they are left, the parents have gone to work. This lady would watch some ungodly things on TV with a boy child there. So slowly and slowly the boy is getting initiated into this cult and this demonic thing. By the time they realize that they find themselves struggling with issues, um, there are those that will get to will take pride from that, but others it will take them down. Others their self-esteem will go down because their innocence have been taken at a very tender age. And you'll find most men, even right now, most old men, they may be struggling with sexual issues, not knowingly that they were introduced and they were initiated by the kids. It's a very sensitive area and it has shaped um, the direction this man will grow and even the relationship they will have with the ladies later in life. It's something that needs to be handled with care and protection. And do you think sexual harassment in the boy child has been addressed as it's supposed to be? Because a guy can say, but you're like, wait, what? You're you can't be raped. Has it been addressed as it's supposed to be? Not at all, because the society that we live in at the moment, uh, sad to say, it's hellbent towards the women. And if a boy child would go to complain, they would seem weak. If you yeah. go to say, my boss forced me to sleep with her so that I get a job you will seem weak if you refuse. And we've also had those instances, especially people like Uber drivers, where they have, once they've dropped a lady, um, they, will, they will have to go to the house to get the cash. And when they get to the, to the house, it's something else different. They have to pay kind. <laughs> yes, that has, been, that has been documented severally. So, um, and the moment you think of going to report, uh, you will expose yourself as weak and also a let down to the poor child. Yeah. Because that's an opportunity should you have let go. So, um, but there are others that are sincere and since that's the only way to get the job or to get the taxi paid, they'll have to yeah so it is never addressed and it is hard for you to go and record such a statement true. true and even as we deal with this sexual harassment what are some of the misconceptions that you feel the other gender has about boy child that you're just like no what are you talking about um i agree with you one about being a man is overrated <laughs> is being overrated and secondly um, we are getting the definition of a man especially from social media true 
from people that the lifestyle that they live and they would raise the bar, especially to ladies of this generation, of what a man should provide and a man shouldn't provide. You'll find the young ladies would prefer to get a man who has it all together. True. Despite the journey the man has gone through to get there. So they're expecting that person who is over 40, 45 years, the journey they've gone through to achieve, they'll expect that from the 25-year-old which is not practical. <laughs> it is not practical at all. And it is unfair to the boy child. Um, especially the young ladies that have dated or had a relationship with older men. Mm -hmm. You will find them um, an older man because he's resilient and he has more shock absorbers, can tolerate <laughs> some things. Yeah. But a young man, his emotions are still right. Yeah. They are not stable. So he will not be able to balance. So that sometimes the young ladies will call them childish, not understanding, emotional, but it is their stage of life. Yeah. And they deserve to be given space to grow and go through their stages and become the resilient man, the 45 year olds. Yeah. And even as men go through this, uh, what do I call them? The misconception that ladies have about them. And what are the things that make one feel less of a man? Like you just, some things you make you feel, uh, nah. Uh, probably um, the resources to provide and also the ability to do the roles that the society has given us as men to do. If let's say a man can't provide for his family or to his significant other simply because of his current position, secondly, his background, let's say he has he has gone through um, rough relationships and he is persistent to be heartbroken or to go through the same road. He might take time before he trusts again. And through that time of trying to earn that trust, they might be perceived as stingy or not. Um, not providing, but in the real sense, he is coming from somewhere. And do these things like loosen up their self-esteem? Yes, they really do. Because one um, one thing is, unlike women, men think inwardly. Women will, when if a woman is is angry, she'll speak it out. She will put on trams. She'll try to get <laughs> attention. Yeah. But for a man, he will think inwardly. Sometimes when he goes inward with a meeting on himself, sometimes he fails to come out. Like the... And, and that really crushes him. It really crushes him. But why, why is it that men find it so hard to talk about the emotions? It's exactly. not... <laughs> it is admitting that you've been through a hard time or a relationship didn't work, to most men is a sign of weakness. Not when they try to to go there, and again, it will, it is also crushing your ego. You can't tell 
you can't tell this is where is because most men um in most gatherings that men hold it's mostly about bragging their achievements about their women about their dreams about their families so if people are drug are bragging about their issues you can't be there trying to open up and say i'm failing mm-hmm. you'll have to fake it until you yeah true and as we continue this uh, understanding how they live uh, when it comes to friendship how do uh, how do men handle the friendship of the opposite sex and what do you think about opposite sex best friends like you have you're saying this is your best friend but is the of the opposite sex and no, there's a colleague you can never be a best friend with the opposite that's not right <laughs> how how do you think about it um that's a tough question <laughs> um when it comes to the opposite sex it depends with it depends with what's the relationship and the background that is being and there are those who wouldn't mind you can be friends and still get naughty yeah as long as there are no feelings attached and they could be cool even you having your own boyfriend they have their own girlfriend or significant other but you still have and you still care for each other if you if you have issues this is the first person you run to and they will not judge you or they will, they will even take you to your to a hospital or to somewhere you'll be cared for without any feelings attached yeah and like a significant other there are people that have those best friends they could have friends with benefits but not necessarily but there are people that have such kind of friends and they do work yeah they do work unfortunately it gets uncomfortable with the either boyfriend or husband of the other person they engaged they wouldn't want somebody to get that close yeah yes, it, it becomes a gray area they wouldn't want to but there are those relationships that are there and there are people that have grown up together and they know this can never work between us <laughs> and they decided that's the way we're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And they are kids. And really you've talked about friends with benefits apo katikati. What do you think about friends with benefits? <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it's something that is rampant right now like it's a kawaida thing right now. Definitely it's something that is there it's something that um happens uh it depends with your mutual agreement one thing is we need to break the friendship or the relationship that two people have towards each other if i if i get into bed with my best friend will she still remains with me yeah will she see me the same way will she or he see me the same way yeah it depends with the level that you've reached there are people that have friends with benefits but what i know is deep down they start developing feelings and if they are down there they wouldn't want you to they wouldn't want to see you with a boyfriend or a girlfriend they <laughs> yeah, will start true. to feel jealous yeah which builds up. 
and even with these friendships that we've formed, I know you're married, and most of marriages come out of friendships. What before you got married, or even at this point, what were your fears about marriage? Uh, as a man, as a man, going by what I've been seeing on the media, um, the first fear that I had is I would start. I would get into marriage and then the expectations that I have as a man, they won't be met. That was one of the biggest fear that I had. And unfortunately, they were not met <laughs> because I had overblown expectations. Yeah. But once you sit down with, with your person, now you work realistic expectations. You tell them this is what I would expect and they would tell you what they expect and how far you can go to reach them. So everybody has their different kind of fears. Everybody has their different kind of fears. You also have um, the fear of not satisfying your partner and you give them a reason to go and cheat. <laughs> that is one of the major fears that people don't talk about. Not being good enough for you spouse, that is a very major fear. Also, there's also that fear of we might get married, we might not even get children. How do we address such issues? Because yeah. for every level that you get into, um, the challenges and the issues that come are of greater value than what you had before. But if you, if you decide to work together, you can work through the fears. Even if possibly you don't get children, you might, you will work it out. If you feel like you're not getting satisfied in your relationship in one way or another, you can always talk it out. You can always talk it out. The best thing is having, knowing um, why am I getting married and above all, what is the purpose of marriage. If it was companion, make sure you have a companion and you try to work it out. It is a, it's a full-time job and it's a working process. So you will encourage people before you get into that, sit down, know the expectations of one another or you just work with it as it is? Um, people fake a lot, especially before you get married. Yeah, true. They will try to be the best of themselves. But once you get married to them, that's when you start to see the true color. There's not enough time that you can say I've known this person or I've communicated my expectations. And again, when you get into such a relationship, um, it's not about you getting to meet my expectations. If you can't meet them, I'm not good. You won't, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out. You won't get to that level. You work issues when you're inside. That's why a marriage is the only institution you start with a certificate. True. Yeah, and even as we move with this marriage, do you think there are people who decide when it comes to celibacy from a man's point of view? Do you think there are people who choose celibacy because they want to, because they know, or just out of they just <laughs> they just say no. You know, quite a little bit. That's a very hard question because uh, I've never found myself <laughs> in that situation. 
because the way God created us is, especially us as men, is at some point you desire to have the opposite sex, but there are people that God set apart for Himself, and um, especially like the priests that you see in Catholic, there are those that that are purely um, have that calling of celibacy. Yeah, I I understand that celibacy is a gift. And it's something that is given. It's something that is given. You just can't say, I'm saying yes, it. <laughs> you can't just wake up and say, I want to be celibate. It's a gift that you're given. Others choose the life of celibacy going by the background that they've gone through. Others, they've possibly they were raised in a situation where their mother was very violent to their dad. And the only picture they know of a woman is a violent person. Yeah. And they wouldn't want to go through that road. Another person, possibly they were raised um, and they had a very difficult childhood and they wouldn't want to put their children through that road. Yeah. And they would choose to be celibate. Others come with conditions. For example, I have a friend who grew up with um, the organization that sponsored him through high school, through college, and through university. Mm-hmm. Um, the main condition was you don't, you won't um, get to meet with people of the opposite gender. You have to be celibate. It's a group of celibate people. Yeah. Yes, that is here in our country. And they sponsor. And one of the conditions is you have to be celibate and he's a very successful guy and earning very good money but he because that's the agreement that they had it grows with you and you get to work with you that, mm-hmm. that has been <laughs> uh, okay so a bit of away from this serious <laughs> question for a bit we've seen the difference between a boy code and a guy code do you think these codes put up the values of men as they're supposed to be, like the values that you're supposed to follow as a man. Do you think they they actually encourage these values or they're way against? <laughs> Absolutely not. They wouldn't create, um, they wouldn't solidify the character that you have as a man or as a woman because the guy code and the, the girl code is there for others, it is yeah. there for the guys, it is there not to betray the ladies. So basically they're they're just there for fun. I would say that and to flow with the times and to flow with the trends. But not sincerely to give you to solidify your relationship as well. So uh, two last questions. The first one. Uh, someone told me to ask, why is it that men don't cry, or rather, do men cry? <laughs> but is, you're just putting up a cover. <laughs> uh, men have emotions. DJX calls them emotions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. And I can tell you for a fact, men cry. <laughs> the only thing is, you won't see a man. They would rather cry in their bed sheets, they would rather cry in the toilet, 
they would rather cry in their office, but they wouldn't let them. You see them in their, weak, in their weakest point. But men do cry. And in fact, it really hurts them, especially when a relationship is over, a job is over. <laughs> well, relationships do affect men as they affect women. In fact, they do affect men in a very big way. More than the way it affects women. Especially if it's them that are the victims. Yes. Because a man doesn't believe it. He, he should be the victim. He should be vice versa. He should be the one calling the shots, including the breaker. But again, sometimes ladies will think fast and quit just before you call it quits. Hey. Yes. So men cry. It's just that they hide. But men cry. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so the last question. Now being at this point in life that you know a lot about manhood and everything that surrounds it, what would you tell your teenage self uh, about what will what would you tell your teenage self that you didn't know then right now? That's a very good question. One thing I would tell my teenage self and above all my teenage friends and yeah. younger brothers. Um, the things that you create and the habits that you start when you're teenage, you will carry them into your adulthood. That is one thing. People will never tell you, but you realize some of the things and some of the habits that you started when you are a teenage, you will carry them into your adulthood or even into your marriage life. So the things that you do, there are people that will say, I'm doing this just for a moment. It won't be. I'm enjoying my twenties, I'm yes. enjoying my teens. It gets, it gets engraved in your DNA. And when you get into the mature part of life, you might want to leave some of those habits and issues, but sometimes it will take more than just a wish. You'll now have to work hard to separate yourself. Yes, that's the major advice I would really tell my teenage friends and my teenage son. Thank you so much for talking to us about understanding the boy child. And I'm hoping that as you listen to this episode, you get to learn more about the men that are surrounding your lives. And even as men, you get to understand yourself better. And I want to say that I'm honestly uh, appalled and I've really, really learned about the boy child. I have learned something different. Till next time. Bye. Bye-bye.